lollygagged the ball around the infield. You lollygagged your way down to first. You lollygagged in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. This is the Bullpen Brothers. And welcome to the Bullpen Brothers right here on the Franchise Podcast Network. Dave Myrick, Calvin Kirkland filling in for Randy Heights, who has some real-life stuff going on this week. I am live from Arlington, Texas, covering the Big 12 tournament. Texas just losing to Kansas in the second game. TCU takes care of Kansas State game one. Calvin, it seems uh, the Big 12 did not let us down in terms of being unpredictable. Last weekend, Texas sweeps first place West Virginia. TCU takes two or three up in Manhattan against Kansas State. Man, what are your thoughts about this league? You know, kind of where we're at and what it's looking like right now. Uh, you know, I don't feel like anything has changed. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way, Dave. Absolutely. Uh, I don't feel like anything's really changed. I feel like the the league is exactly where it was before we started the, the big 12 baseball tournament has had a history of being very unpredictable uh and a lot of them can so the loss today stings a little bit but i still think as long as uh, texas does what they need to do and can still win a couple of games and somehow manage to get to the semifinal and keep things steady i think they can still be in the conversation for a host uh if they go and lose two in a row two and done then uh they can pack their bags and plan on going somewhere else yeah let's dive into that we got uh texas sitting at 21 in the rpi west virginia team they just swept in austin sitting at 19 i mean is that kind of where you think this club is if they happen to just scratch together a couple wins you see them hosting uh if, if it goes the other direction i mean yeah, what do you think happens to that that Longhorns team sitting on what kind of a, a line, you know, as we head in the NCAA tournament? I feel like if they are able to, like I said, if they're able to, to win a couple of games, they will be in the conversation for a host. Uh, but I don't think there is any wiggle room with them at this point. Uh, the you know the other part of this deal is that West Virginia was in the conversation for a super host top eight seed. It was, it was all there for them. And then they, you know, obviously get swept by Texas. And so that changes things and you never know how these dynamics are going to change how these teams approach things coming into the, these conference tournaments. Personally, I feel like the big 12 tournament is too long. I think there's, too many games uh i think you have to win five or six games to win that thing if depending on whether or not you come through the losers bracket or not and uh i like the one and done uh obviously texas right now would would be a problem for them if it was a one and done because they have no shot now at hosting but uh they still have everything out in front of them they still have to go and win a few games the issue that i see with texas in this particular tournament is getting the one seed and they're not gaining it's like those late season regular season games that you see teams cancel these days there's not any real gain for their rpi 
based on the half of the bracket that they're in. They can't do anything except go down, really, unless maybe something happens with TCU. So at this point, honestly, I don't know how Texas can improve. I don't expect them to to host, but if something happens and somehow they can get to the semifinal and, and possibly even the final, then I think they will definitely be in the conversation to host. Oh, that's a really interesting point you bring up about there's just not much to gain for Texas. I mean, after what they accomplished to close out the year playing outstanding baseball, uh, you sweep in the number one team in your league at home, you're riding high, and like you said, there's just on the side of their bracket they're on, you know, looking at these RPI, there's just not a lot to, to play for, to be honest, but they still have, a, a, you know, their name in the host category to play for, so that's that's there, but I, I definitely see your point kind of puts uh puts texas in a rough spot well let's let's change gears uh i was in norman last weekend for the bedlam series uh man talk about just a contrast of two offensive styles i mean oklahoma state just gets up and melees the baseball i mean they just play gorilla ball ripping line drives oklahoma it, it tends to play a little bit more tedious patient at the plates trying to draw walks get on base swipe bags uh, the contrast did not work in Oklahoma's favor last weekend. They, they have to have really good pitching and defense behind it. Did not happen, and OSU comes in and takes two or three uh, relatively easy as the Cowboys have handled the Sooners all year. But they're, uh, they're getting the, the main stage ready for this Bedlam, I guess, part five here in Arlington. What, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State coming up here in a minute? Yeah, I, uh, I for the most part, uh, that was a series that was uh, not just very fun to watch. It was, it was all or nothing for the Sooners. Uh, it's 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 just sometimes it's just mind-boggling to me that you go out and you, you just get destroyed in the first, you know, in the, in the Thursday night game or the Friday night game. I can't remember if that was a. Uh, I don't remember if that was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series or not. Yeah, that, anyway, that gets tricky. I'm yeah. Saying, and then they come out, and, and Carmichael comes out in the second game and just makes OSU look like a below-average team. He was phenomenal. Now you've got everything to play for. You've got everything on the line, and you come out and completely lay an egg in game three. And normally, I would say I really like Oklahoma when their backs are against the wall. I feel like their backs were against the wall in that game three. They didn't perform well, and obviously it didn't go well. I do expect them to play well today. Uh, they like to play in that ballpark. They're they're very good in that ballpark, and, and I think that they understand that they must win. They need the RPI boost to beat a team like Oklahoma State, and, uh, you know, I, I expect them to play well regarding the – two different styles we we knew that going into that game you basically have two entirely different philosophies about how to approach the game with those two those two skippers so we knew that going in and and if oklahoma can play their game and get some solid pitching they can certainly beat oklahoma state today and go on further in this tournament yeah to your point uh where oklahoma sits right now i've seen most people that are, are doing projections have them as the last two win, which that, as you know, that can change really fast as we uh, get into tournament season here, especially with at-large bids around the country. So 
no, there, there's no doubt about it. They have to win here, and it starts today against Oklahoma State. Yeah, we did know about the contrasting styles, but I'll tell you, to see it in person and the swings, how different they are, and, and just being aggressive and attack it, it, it was an eye-opener. I mean, even knowing it going in, it, it just it's completely different. And, the, hey, you, you can't really criticize Oklahoma. It got them to Omaha last year, but – you look at what they had on the mound, and that that's 90% of it. And it just it, they're lacking in that capacity right now. Uh, looks like Carson Atwood is going to get the start today for Oklahoma. Do not know how long he goes. Jamie Hitt went uh, 48 pitches on Saturday against Oklahoma State and is going on three days rest. I think we'll see him second out of the pen. Uh, and, and they try to piece this thing together against the Cowboys. But, you know, at other places around the tournament, I brought up that TCU continued to stay pretty hot, uh, just stomping Kansas State in game one today. That's a squad, I think, that is starting to put it together. I don't know if it's too little too late. But, they, you know, they're kind of like Oklahoma and Tech. I think if they put together a good tournament, they could find themselves in, in the conversation, at least, to, to make a regional. What are your thoughts on the Horn Frogs? I feel like uh, TCU is probably going to have to win this conference tournament to even be considered for one. Uh, their RPI is significantly lower. Uh, they just do not, they, they just faltered when you expect them to do really well. I mean, one week, look at it like this. One week we're having a conversation about they're the scariest team in the conference. And the next thing you know, they've lost three series in a row and have, you know, dropped below 50 in the RPI. And it's just, it's just, mind-boggling these teams it just blows my mind how one day and and i understand it's baseball we know that but you know when your core strengths every game are are consistently not showing up everybody knows oklahoma state can hit for example if they don't hit they get shut out five nothing by ou if they don't if they don't show up to the plate they're not gonna they're not gonna do what they need to do uh tcu has in my opinion, the best all-around club in the conference when they're on. But as far as hosting a regional, to be truthful, I don't believe the TCU has a chance to host a regional. But, uh, you know, you never know how these things go. Uh, you look at the softball <laughs> selection. <laughs> what in the world is going on there? And, uh, you know, Texas has been on the favorable side of hosting a regional before uh, maybe TCU can do the same I'm not I'm just not seeing it right now but let's see what happens in this tournament and uh, and, and rock and roll from there no I, I agree with you to your point I think uh, no hosting for TCU is an absolute long shot making the tournament that's a different story, and that, that's where that storyline of Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and TCU fighting for that last spot in out of the Big 12 is going to get very interesting here at the Big 12 tournament. Uh, well, you I, have, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you, you never want to be in that conversation. You never want to be at that part of the season where you realize that, okay, I have got to do something special here or I'm going to be sitting at home. The other thing to that are the automatic bids that are not bids currently right in these tournaments you have teams that that you know get hot and win their tournament that had no shot of being in this thing and all of a sudden 
there you go. There goes one extra spot or right. two extra spots or three. And so when you're in that position, the only thing you can do is control your own destiny. That's it. That's all you can do. And I feel like if Oklahoma goes out and wins two games, and I think they need to particularly win the first two games in this tournament, I think they're a shoe-in to get in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as Texas goes, and we're going to have uh, Greg Swindell that, that covers games for the Longhorn Network on here in just a second. We'll get his thoughts on, you know, kind of where they are and where he thinks they'll, they'll go. But it, I, that that point is just so fascinating to me you brought up about there's just not much. Once you get that one seed locked up, there's just not a lot to play for if you're Texas. And I wonder if we saw some of that. Uh, take the field against Kansas, but like like we talked off air, that, that came down to one swing of the bat, uh, puts up four runs. That turns out to be the difference, and then now they got to try to work their way back through the losers bracket, which they're more than capable of doing. But uh, very interesting tournament setting up here. A lot of storylines. That last team in in the Big Twelve. I just I don't see more than four getting in, and I think that's a long shot, especially with the automatic bids you mentioned. Uh, depends how that plays out. So really, it's down to Texas Tech, TCU, and Oklahoma as a three-man race to see who can win the games here and bump themselves up in the RPI and get that last spot in. And that, is, that is a fascinating half of the of the tournament. That that half of the bracket is uh, not one that any team in the country would want to <laughs> would want to be in right now. Uh, no, all of those teams can get her done. So. Uh, it's just, it's disappointing when you see Texas lose to Kansas, but you and I have had this discussion about Kansas all year long, Baumgartner in particular. They're a tough Friday night out, which is basically what that was today. And and they can hit. We've known all year that they can hit. If they can get any kind of pitching at all, they'll beat you. Because we've seen it in person, and we've watched it all year long. Kansas can hit. And... You know, although Gordon held them to two runs, they still had seven hits. I was on the road coming back from uh, Lubbock and listening to it. I think Texas did not get a hit until the O'Dowd home run, which was, I think, in the fourth inning. You are correct on that. That was their first hit of the ball game. And so, you know, it, it's disappointing, but it, 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 with respect to Kansas, not to be – one of those fans and just say, well, it's Kansas, uh, you know, you should, it's not, there's nothing automatic in this conference in baseball. No, nothing, no, no whatsoever. Uh, you go and you look at the way the season happened, how teams get swept at home by, you know, Texas, for example, at the time, Oklahoma was the last place team in the conference. They go to Austin and just embarrass Texas in three games. And you're thinking, okay, that's not good. And then they turn around and, and get throttled at home. It's just it's just crazy how the season's gone on. So I don't so what I'll say is this about Kansas. Congrats to them today. They played a great game. Bumgardner is a, a very worthy pitcher and deserves all the accolades and credit that I can give him and, and more. So Texas has work to do. Uh I feel like they're going to have to get probably get to the finals to have a shot at hosting. And even then, going into this, they were number 20 in the country. You've lost to Kansas already. You've got to find a way to get to that final get and, and get some wins in this thing. And 
if they can do that, great. If they can't, they just need to be prepared to, to get themselves together and get on the road and do it the hard way. No, I agree with you. And it, it kind of goes to the point we've made all year about this league. There is not one just complete juggernaut of a team. It's it's quite the opposite. That doesn't mean it's not a very good and a very deep league. In fact, it means just that. You've got six or seven teams that week in, week out are just beating each other up, man. It's just you, you never know which way a series is going to go because you're, you're the number one team in the league. Great. Uh, that doesn't mean a whole lot playing the last place team in the league. I mean, everybody really besides Baylor uh, can bring it and beat you on any given weekend, and we've seen it all year long. But I uh, want, want to hold that thought and go ahead and get Mr. Greg Swindell, a 17-year Major League vet and ESPN Major League Baseball analyst on right now. Honored to be joined by a 17-year Major Leaguer and current ESPN and Longhorn Network analyst, one of the best in the business, Mr. Greg Swindell. Greg, thanks for taking some time to talk with us today, bud. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, so let's jump right into it. The Big 12 this year, man, it's kind of needed medication. It seems like every week you never quite know what to expect. What are your thoughts in general about the league in 23? It's not what it has been, that's, that's for sure. Um, everybody just seems to be beating each other up. Uh, it's, it's close. It's been close all year. I mean, I think at one point there were eight teams within first place. So, and it's still going to come down to the last weekend, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, and West Virginia. So a lot is still at stake. It's just not um, where it has been in the past, but I think it still has some pretty good baseball teams in it. Yeah, no doubt. Maybe a little bit deeper league this year. So what well, we all know you're a Texas guy, I mean, to the soul with the Longhorns. So there's no love loss, but you did see Oklahoma up close and personal in Austin for that three-game set. What, what was your impression of, of OU this year? Well, they're good. They're a good baseball team. They, the pitching um, is not what they had last year. I think that was what set Oklahoma on a different level last year was the pitching staff, and that was obvious by them making it um, to almost winning a national championship. But they're, they're a good team. Uh, I love their team speed. I mean, the guys on the infield and the outfield, they can go get it. And uh, if they can just get a little pitching – um, here at the rest of the, the regular season and, and into uh, the Big 12 tournament, uh, they can make some noise because the offense can do it. And I know, I know Skip will have them ready. Yeah, yeah, he always seems to come on this time of year with that staff. And, and speaking of staff, man, uh, watching Texas here of late with, with getting LeBaron Johnson into that Saturday starter role seems, seems to have kind of kick-started this team. What do you see from the Longhorns down the stretch here? Yeah, that's um, a big bonus. They thought, you know, LeBaron started a game against LSU earlier this season and pitched six shutout innings against the number one team in the nation. And he thought at that point he was he was going to jump uh, to the next level, but he just kind of reverted. But lately, his last couple of outings, especially his last start, um, he's electric. He can be really good. So it's a good time for him to start coming around. The rest of the staff, bullpen is, is in shambles right now for Texas. It's kind of almost, almost who – who you feel will have the hot hand that day. It's not really uh, kind of when the door opens, you kind of hope good things are going to happen. But I think if they can get that figured out, uh, the team, the offensive team and the defensive team out there is, is very good. They're scrappy. Uh, they're going to hit their home runs, but they play really good defense. And that's what Texas has been known for is, is the last few years anyway, is, is fielding the ball and throwing the ball very well. 
Yeah, no doubt. They're, uh, I mean, if they get that pitching staff settled, and I think they have, you know, the rest kind of seems to fall into place. Could be a dangerous run set up for the Longhorns, but everybody's kind of starting to uh, take aim at the Big 12 tournament in Arlington. I mean, how important do you think this tournament is to teams that are maybe on that uh, NCAA regional bubble? Who was that? You kind of broke up there for a minute. Oh, okay. The the tournament's coming up. I mean, how important, how much gauge do you think the committee weighs of a team that it might be on that NCAA regional bubble, you know, for this, this Big 12 tournament coming up? Well, I mean, last year, TCU won the regular season in the Big 12 and did not fare well in the Big 12 tournament. And they, they were locked out of the regional. So um, you're going to have to make some noise uh, your last series and then for whichever teams, I think you have four or five that are kind of locks right now. You got West Virginia, who's playing really good. Uh, uh, Oklahoma State, I think, is, is a lock as well. Texas, I think, if they win a few more games in the regular season, I think their resume is, is good. And Kansas State. So um, the other teams, you, you have to win. You got to win late in the, in, the, in the season, especially in that tournament. And that's what. Uh, set Oklahoma apart last year. They, they caught fire, won the Big 12 tournament, and then the rest was history. So um, late, late game wins, late season wins mean a lot to the committee. Yeah, they do, and I think you're exactly right. I think uh, that that last spot out of the Big 12, if they get one, is going to come down to Texas Tech and Oklahoma. It's, it's kind of who can maybe jockey for position here down the stretch. But uh, last question I had, I wanted to ask Kirk Herbstreit this. I met him in college outside of a museum, how hard it was to cover the Buckeyes trying to be neutral. How hard is it as a Texas guy? You know, as fans, we get pissed off. We can go out and mow the yard and turn the game off. It's a little harder to do when you're covering. How hard is that to stay neutral in a game that especially isn't going well? Well, it, um, some, sometimes you can't sprinkle enough sugar on it. So sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to be uh, a little critical, and yeah, it, it was tough for a few years. And uh, last four or five, they put a good product out there, and that's what myself and Keith Moreland we pride ourselves on on being non-biased. I mean, if 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 we see a good team come in, we're gonna we're gonna give them all the props, and if Texas isn't playing well, we're gonna we're gonna get on them too. So it's um, we we love the game. Of course, we we want to cheer our boys on. Uh, because we we both play there and, and we want them to do well, um, but uh, it, it, there comes a time where you just can't sugarcoat it enough, and you have to you have to be real about it. But fortunately, the last few years we we've had a good product and haven't had to do that. Right now, and you guys do. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I went to OU. That's that's a team I pull for. Yet I love watching you guys broadcast. Uh, so yeah, well, whatever you're you're doing is working, but. Uh, Greg, I just can't thank you enough for taking time. I know you got a jam-packed schedule and uh, safe in your travels and good luck, and I'm, I'm sure I'll see you down in Arlington. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That's Greg Swindell, and this is Dave Myrick for 107.7 The Franchise Podcast Network and the Bullpen Brothers. Tag Firearms is the premier seller of high-end brand firearms. AR-10 and 15 rifles by Noveski and LMT. Proof research carbon fiber barrels and lightweight hunting rifles. Nighthawk and Staccato 2011 handguns. Silencers, receivers, optics, and night vision products by B&T, Envision, Defiance Machine, EOTech, Q, and Thunderbeast. Tag ships anywhere in the U.S. Visit tagfirearms.com. And that was Greg Swindell from ESPN and Calvin Mann. Just uh, what a wealth of knowledge and 
a guy that's got his finger on the pulse of the Texas Longhorn baseball team. Dude, it, uh, it's great talking to that guy. He knows what he's talking about, and he, he kind of sees it like we do, that their pitching staff is settled, getting LeBaron Johnson in that, in that number two spot, and uh, they're in a pretty good spot heading, heading towards tournament play. Yeah, Zeke is a phenomenal, phenomenal announcer. He's really stepped up uh, and done a great job with that. And he is always good to listen to. And, and, and I, you know, we had this conversation the other day. It's just really, you know, incredible to watch these guys that are so deep-rooted into a, into a program's history. I mean, you're talking about a World Series champion. You're talking about a college World Series champion. You're talking about a guy that's done it all. He's done everything there is to do. And he's calling these games for a team that he loves and watching them struggle, and he's able to not, you know, pick sides during these things. Uh, we talked about Ben the other day. Uh, it's just, it's fun to watch. It's fun to listen to somebody, and, and I don't know that everybody that watches these games, under, I don't know that a lot of people that watch these games sit down, take a look at who's calling the game and their actual history with the teams that are involved in, in any given game. And when you take somebody like Swindell and and understand just how important he is to the history of Texas baseball, it's impressive to watch. He's always fun to listen to. He's very good at what he does. I hope I get to listen to him call a few more games this year. So uh, there you have it with Zeke. Yeah, man. I, like I told him, it. Uh, I make no bones about it. I went to OU. I've pulled for my entire life. That's that's the team that you know I back. But yet, I love listening to him call a baseball game, and that should be the guy I hate to listen to the most. And it's just the opposite because he makes an effort to not be biased. And I, how unbelievably hard that must be when you're that deeply invested in a program. It. It's very impressive that these guys are professionally able to stow that and just call it like it is, and he's one of the best in the business. But anyway, Calvin, we've got uh, Oklahoma coming up on deck against the in-state nemesis. It figures that would be their uh, their matchup down here in Arlington. I'm about to uh, get fieldside to cover that. So I think I'll wrap the show up, and I uh, just want to thank you for coming on at Kirkland 71 the man's Twitter handle our resident Texas fan and co-host today. Calvin, we appreciate it, bud. Yep, appreciate it. Looking forward to hopefully a good game for the Sooners today, and uh, let's let's try to get one here and see what happens. That's Calvin Kirkland. I'm Dave Meyer. This is the Bullpen Brothers on 107.7 The Franchise Podcast Network. <laughs>